So tonight we are so privileged. We've been looking forward to this for quite some time. Uh, it has been quite a while since Larry has been here, but uh, he has been a um, missionary to Albania. He told me 30 years in the 30th year. And so um, I think he knows what he's doing. And so we're so privileged to have him come all the way uh, out to the panhandle of Oklahoma and share with us what's on his heart. So let's give him a great big clap offering and a praise the Lord for coming. Thank you. Glory to God. You're in the right place at the right time with the right people and you'll hear the right things tonight, okay? And so you guys, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share a little different, you know, I... Uh, I've very seldom in these 30 years talked a, a whole lot about missions. I just, you know, I tell people usually privately what I do and, and everything, you know, and because uh, part of the ministry has always been, it's been a strong ministry in the States, you know, and, and a lot of churches in place, you know, to really flow with the Holy Spirit and have powerful moves of the Holy Spirit. And in and, and the nation of Albania, just in conference level, you know, just, People just would show up into the conferences and come from all over and be there and just, you know, you didn't even, never even laid a hand on them. The, the presence of Holy Spirit is so strong that they, they just receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit and receive healings and stuff, just sitting there listening, amen, as the Holy Spirit would move and, and, and reestablish the gospel in a nation that totally annihilated his voice and, uh, praise God. So I want to, I want to go this way and, and, uh, share this with you so I think it'll help you you know, to follow the voice of the Holy Spirit. And uh, you'll, you'll notice that I don't call him it, you know, and most of the time I don't even say thee, but Holy Spirit, that's his name. He's a person. He's not a thing. He's not some power. He's not, a, he's not some, you know, just, you know, some force, you know. He, he has a lot of power. He is all-powerful. He is all-knowing, and he is all-present. But he wants to live in you and live in you big, and he wants to lead you and guide you because you're living right now in the shortest era or the shortest period of all eternity, you're doing what you're doing, you know, today it'll be the shortest period that you'll ever be in. Amen? Uh, Apostle Paul says it like this. He said, for our light affliction, everybody has opposition. Sometimes you have opposition so, so much, you know, that you, you really got to know him, amen, so he can get you through it. But he also said it's but for a moment, this life that you're living and this period that you're in, you know, it's brief. It's just like a vapor and it's gone, it says in the book of James. And so we want to make sure that we're doing the right thing during this period because this period yields rewards. I'm not talking about salvation. I'm talking to the saved. It yields rewards, you know, for all of eternity that will enhance all of eternity on your behalf if you're doing the right thing. Amen. And so we have to be in tune with the Holy Spirit because he wants to lead you and guide you and empower you and don't dare try something without him. Amen? Don't even come up here without him. I've been in a pulpit without him before and I, one time's all it took. Amen? And so, <laughs> and so I want to help you and give you some instruction. And the way I'm going to do it, I'm just going to tell you, you know, how this happened for me because I never would have dreamed in all my days, I'd never dream I'd be doing what I've been doing. I actually, when I first went to Albania, and it mentions it, uh, Albania, and I'm going to give you a little history in just a minute. In Romans chapter 15, verse 19, it says, the Apostle Paul, under inspiration of the Holy Spirit, he had him pen this. In mighty signs and wonders, and by the power of the Spirit of God, so that from Jerusalem round about to Illyricum, I have preached, I have fully preached the gospel. When it says Illyricum today, Albania is in the modern day uh, you know, the borders for sure wouldn't be the same, but that's a modern-day Albania. And if you know nothing about Albania, they've been under the strictest atheist, communist rule known. There's no kind of religion. You know, of course, we don't call our relationship with God religion, but to give you the facts the way they are, uh, the way they've reported, uh, they've outlawed all religions, anything to do with any kind of God in the nation, and it would cost you your life if you, if you tried to do anything about it. Now, I want to point this out. You see that he just said that he went there with mighty signs and wonders, and it went from that, you know, in history, it went from that to being the strictest, ungodliest, atheist nation on the planet. Somebody dropped the ball there, didn't he? 
I just wanted to point this out. I didn't come to preach on this, you know, but we can't let down in prayer. We can't quit praying for this nation. We can't quit praying for where we live, amen, and praying for other nations. You know, it's got to be on our part, you know, because we have the authority on the planet and we're empowered by the Holy Spirit, glory to God, so we can stop these things from happening. And I'm telling you, we need, we need people to continue and even on a daily basis intercede for this nation. Amen. Amen. I do believe it's still the greatest nation on the planet Earth, and I hope you're live streaming, and I hope they're hearing it all over the world. America ain't going down. Amen. You know, God's not through with us. Amen. But we do need to hook up with Him, hook up with the Holy Spirit, glory to God, and get in the flow of the Holy Spirit, you know, so we can intercede correctly for this nation. So if Apostle Paul went there, mighty signs and wonders, and we got in history, there's a lot of, a lot of people, you know, that, that you trace back to the Illyrians, you know, you trace them back, they're Albanian. Amen. And so, but you can, you can see in history, you know, how something happened, you know, because the Ottoman Turk reign come in, and, you know, the nation turned, and then the communists got a hold of Albania, and I mean, just, I mean, just wrecked it, you know. And so, uh, but today, uh, when it opened in the early 90s, there was no churches, there's no believers, there was nothing there, certainly no pastors, but today, you know, after, the, after these three decades, you know, 90%, there's churches all over Albania and good churches, and 99, probably 0.9% of them are pastored by Albanians, pastoring Albanians, training Albanians, evangelizing Albanians. They're on the radio. They're on, as a matter of fact, they have their own radio station. They're on television. One pastor there in the capital city, they give him on sector television, you know, a talk show. They give him a very popular talk show. They give him free time. He's on it three or four times a week. Amen. Presenting the gospel. And, uh, but they're in the convention halls. They're everywhere, glory to God, taking the gospel of Jesus Christ to their own people. Amen. And that's what we're after. I don't pastor there no more. I don't teach in Bible school there no more. Amen. And as a matter of fact, it's been a while since I even done my live conferences there, you know, that it used to. I was about the only one doing them. They'd come from all over the nation. And I asked God one time, I said, Lord, please help me not mess this up, what you're doing. You know, some, some say, well, oh, there is powerful ministry. No, it wasn't. I was shaking. You know, I didn't, I wasn't even expecting to be there. You know, much less that. And when I went, I started out in the ministry of helps. Don't be afraid to start out in the ministry of helps. That's the ministry of God. Amen? And so I started out that way, and I went there for two months, and I was thinking, you know, I'm going to go for two months. I'm going to come back, just finish Bible school. I'm going to come back. I'm going to go down there in Louisiana where they don't talk no better than I do. And, and that way, I, I just pioneer a church down there. I get along with those folks pretty good when I was in the military. And so that was, this was my thinking. So I went there for two months. You know, and when I finished, on down inside me, deep where he lives and where he stays, where I let him flow from, she kondola maska shika to let him flow, let him flow, let him flow out of you, amen. He said, "Come back." I said, "What?" You know, I said, Lord, I didn't know nobody. I barely got the money to get over here this time, you know. I mean, well, the things we talk to God, the Creator. You see how big the universe is, and he has it in his hand. If he tells you to do something, he's going to provide. Amen. Is that right? He's going to provide. And I said, you know, I said, okay, Lord. And I started to say something, and before I got it out of my mouth, he said, the money will be there. You know, and I come back within a week, I'd already had the money to turn around and go back, buy a vehicle, and move back over there. And so I went over there and just started doing what, I, you know, I wasn't trying to do conferences, you know, nationwide conference. I wasn't trying to do a lot of things. I didn't even want to pastor or do anything. I just went back and obeyed. And it just one thing led to another, you know, and he'd just lead me and guide me. You need to listen to the Holy Spirit. You need to listen to him. He's here. He didn't, you know, when, when Jesus said, it's better for you that I go, because if I don't go, I hadn't sent him. He said, when I go, I'm going to send him, and it's better for you. Right. Amen? And, uh, and so uh, we see in the book of Acts when the Holy Spirit made his grand entrance on this planet, you know, to operate and move, you know, as he as he's been doing. Uh, and so he's not 
trying to infill you just to go along for the ride. I was listening to him one time, and he said uh, in the early years, because I came to Christ when I was 29 years old, and I was in a two-week revival, and exactly a week later, I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and he's a lady in church said, Larry, you need, to, you, need to, you need to let him flow through you every day. You need to pray in other tongues every day. And so I took it as law, amen, and I did, and I passed most of them in about six months, you know, because they weren't doing what they told me I needed to do. <laughs> and so... And so then it just started, you know, you just, you just, you knew what to do. You knew what direction to go. You knew what to do. You knew how to do it. And so, uh, but you need to understand, because we put great emphasis on the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And, uh, but the Holy Spirit is not indwelling you just to go along for the ride for you to instruct him He's there to instruct you, to lead you and guide you and to reveal truth to you and to reveal things to you. And it'll always be in line with the Word of God. But you need to hear him to know direction. I knew to go into all the world, but I didn't know to go to Albania. But I heard him specifically speak to me and tell me what to do. And these times that I was in trouble, matter of fact, every time I've ever got in trouble since I've known him, I can trace it back and I did not obey him and I did not listen to him. I tell you, the flesh is strong sometimes, but the more that you let him flow through you, the stronger you will be, the more sensitive his voice will be, and you'll have the strength to act on whatever he's telling you to do because anytime he speaks to you, you always have a marvelous opportunity not to obey. Amen. And so, but, but, but you know you've hurt him when you know you've hurt him. And what did the guy say one time when you, this one pastor I listened to one time, he said, when you know you've hurt God, you can charge hell with a dry water pistol, you know. And so I always kind of like that saying. It kind of it kind of feels good to say it sometimes, but he, he's the one to come up with it. And so anyway, Lord spoke, and he's speaking to you. I don't know if you're hearing him, but another thing, let me say this. Another thing, you know, as you, as you pray in the Holy Spirit, as you pray and you follow him, you'll become more sensitive to his voice, and the strength to be there to act on whatever it is he's telling you to do. You know, there's many voices in this world. I was in India. God allowed me to work in India one year as well as Albania. But I needed to call my pastor. Then at the time, my pastor was David Emi from World Life Fellowship in Sand Springs area, which is in the Tulsa area. And I got on the phone, and I... I dialed the number, and I heard him answer. I didn't ask who it was. I knew who he was. Now, there was over one billion voices in India, and how many million here? And all those voices, I knew his voice because I'd spent time with him, and I was listening to him, you know. And I said, Pastor David, oh, Brother Larry, he didn't, I, he didn't ask me who my name, you know, who I was. He didn't ask what my name was. He knew me by my voice as well because we knew each other because we had a relationship with each other. Holy Spirit is speaking to you. There's many voices, amen, but you can learn his voice where he can lead and guide you because he wants to make you successful on this planet and make your life count that you're doing the right thing, that you're not trying to be an eye when he's calling you to be an ear, when he's calling you to be an arm, you're trying to be a, be a leg. It don't work, Amen. It won't work. You're in the wrong place, and there'll be no reward for you being bullheaded and going the wrong direction. Amen? And so uh, that's good preaching anywhere. And so uh, I obeyed. I never would have dreamed, you know, we've been able to, glory to God, uh, touch so many people in basically through the, the literature alone, the, the massive literature printing distribution, evangelizing in the nation, you know, we've, we've put it from one end of that nation to the other and even to the Albanians outside of Albania. And, you know, there's, there's places that we, we, we built one church in this one area of over 30, there's 30, about 33,000 people and it's the only church there. And uh, I never would have dreamed that. I didn't, have, I didn't have money. I didn't even have a place to live back in the States when I went over there because I was broke after Bible school. And, uh, 
And it went from that just from nothing, just by obeying his voice, glory to God. We got a church built in there, the pastor there. He's there today. If it wasn't them seven hours ahead, I would pull him up on WhatsApp and let him greet you, but I don't want to wake him up, you know, three or four o'clock in the morning. And, uh, and so, but they beat him down in the street. The second beating, well, the police watched it trying to run him out of town. He wouldn't go, but he did go out to heal up and got married and come back. You know, now he's raised three daughters there, amen, and been there for over 20 years. But we got a nice building built there, and he's the only voice in that entire region of about 33,000 people. And there's another area with a, a gentleman. He used to be mayor of the city called Pachin, and we was able to be instrumental in there helping him, you know, Get a building built and everything. Glory to God. And it's, it's the same. It's the same. There's about 35,000 people in that area, and he's the only gospel voice in that area. Amen. This is the kind of things that God, you know, has allowed us to do while we was doing conferences, while we was pastoring, while we was teaching Bible school, while we were ministering, and while we were financing Albanian pastors. We still put tens and tens and tens and tens and tens of thousands of dollars to finance the Albanian ministers. And this is something that started out with nothing other than God said, go. Come on, you have to hear him some more along the way, you know. But I want your life to be, you know, if I can do anything to help you, I want to convince you that you, it's important for you to make your life count. Come on, it's important for you to make your life count. God can use you and he wants to use you. God, he, You know, he might want you to be a doctor. He might want you to be a lawyer. He might want you, you know... Something else, you know, it doesn't mean you have to go to the mission field. Matter of fact, many of you who support this church, you've already been to the mission field through me and I, ever who else, because I'm going to give you a scripture for this in a little bit, that how, glory to God, that, uh, that, that the reward is the same for the people that stay with the supplies as it did going down to the battle. And it says the ones that went down to the battle in the book of Samuel, 1 Samuel chapter 30, they didn't want to give the people that stayed nothing. But David established an ordinance that the reward is the same. Well, that goes along with Romans. You find there, you know, how can they believe if they have not heard? And can they, how can they hear if someone has not went and told them? Amen. How can they be saved if they've never heard? How can they believe? Let me let me read that to you. It's, it's better if I read it to you. And uh, but you need to, you need to understand that that uh, God uh, this is how God sees it. And you're you're in a time this but for a moment. Come on, the shortest period, shortest period of eternity, because you're already in eternity. You're eternal being, Amen. You're in the shortest period that you'll ever be in. Come on. Let's see. He says here in uh, Romans chapter 10 and verse 14, this is all very familiar scripture, but it still applies. You need to understand, glory to God, that you got a part, you know, you, and uh, if you, if you, and that's just with, with me in there. This is, I'm just talking about what I do, not counting all the other things that you sow into and the other ministries that you sow into. But he says, how then, this is Romans 10, 14, how then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him who they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach unless they are sent? When God calls somebody to do something, amen, it's always, it's always you know, it, it's a team of people, you know. Some stay, some go. I used to tell people like this, you take some to stay, some to pray, some to pay, and some to go say, amen. And you can do several of those, amen, but you might not have to go. And, uh, and, it's, uh, and it's not a problem to go. I, it's been different. I've not seen things, and even... When I was in the military, I hadn't seen such things. In 1997, the whole nation went into anarchy. The people went against the government. They looted the military, and, and, and thugs had tanks and things. And, and uh, you know, and, and they, they would actually seal off entire cities. 
you know, and they had, and they had a check point out, and they was out there with a the tank, and they gutted banks and things, you know, and it, it happened, what caused it to go ahead and explode like this is over a pyramid scheme that the government was involved in. And a lot of people lost money, you know, and said it was the people against them. It's kind of a wild place then. You know, I, a couple of days I laid low, you know, because the bullets were flying. And actually I used to go to bed at night and I'd lay down and they looted military, you know, because it's illegal to have a gun. And so, but they, they had still had the rifles and things and I'd lay down in bed and go to sleep at night and I'd hear the machine gun fire off about 15 rounds and the guy over on the next block, he would answer him by firing back, you know, and I used to tell people that's my music I go to sleep by. And so, but uh, praise God, it, it was a wild, wild place and you really had to watch what you were doing, especially foreigners because people thought you had money if you was a foreigner. They didn't know I didn't have any, and what I did get, I always gave it away. And so, uh, so it's, it's, it was a quite a place to to be in, you know. But I knew I was supposed to be there, and they recommended through the embassy, you know, uh, most of them had already evacuated, and and so they. But I traveled all over the nation. I wasn't trying to be a hero to encourage the people and, you know, the believers and the churches, you know, that were being established and. I never had any problems. I traveled at night a lot of times, and they couldn't see me. And uh, and so that's how we would do things. But it, it was it was wild, you know. And then I took a trip then to Greece and come back, and I I uh, I took a little American girl there who fell off a horse or something, and they didn't have the proper uh, facilities there in Albania, you know, to fix her, her wrist because she broke her wrist. I took her to to the hospital in Thessalonica, Greece. Well, coming back, I was a little curious. I saw a sign that said Macedonian border. I didn't know it was locked down. I didn't know they had problems with each other then. You know, I was just working in Albania. And so I stopped at a sign and got out, and I was taking a picture and everything, and I started walking back to the car. And there's a guy coming, he stopped in the car. He had on shorts and a tank top shirt, but he had a sack, kind of like a Walmart uh a bag sack, you know, a, a plastic sack. And I thought, it looked like he has a gun, you know, and, and I was thinking, what is this guy doing, you know? And then it, uh, down the sack went and up the hand went, hammer went back, finger went on the trigger, and he walked right up to me. And it was about this far, I mean, just screaming. I thought this guy, you know, I just wait and see the fire come out in the barrel, you know, like you see on the movies or something. I thought, sure, this guy's fixing to dust me off for sure. But I wasn't, I wasn't afraid. You know, I didn't have to run and pray because I'd already been praying. And so, you know, I uh, finally, uh, he sent to find out he was some kind of wacko border patrol. And uh, I've finally convinced him that I wasn't Albanian. He thought I was Albanian because there's a lot of pressure between the Greeks and the Albanians and it goes back in history and uh, they were expelling a lot of the Albanians. They'd take them to the border, strip them. And some have even lost their life, which I thought I was going to. I thought it was it, you know, and so uh, it worked out, you know, that I got out of the situation to make a long story short. You know, I actually started talking to him. And told him, you know, I don't understand what you're saying. You know, I'm American. I speak English. But what he did, and I didn't know at the time, but he saw the tag on my automobile because I had an Albanian tag on it. He thought I was Albanian, and he was he was going to, you know, I think they was about half scared of the Albanians why they were so rough when they thought I was Albanians. You know, sometimes that's what people are. And so, a long story short, you know, the uh, the some other border patrol came that was in that area, then they got in a fight with each other, and I'm over there, this guy's, you know, he he already tried to get my passport, and I just handed him a copy of it I happened to have. I didn't give him the passport, and he didn't know not to, he didn't know that I still had the passport, I guess. And so then they got into it, and then they all turned, and they, they actually they took his ammunition out of his his pistol, and that he had on me and they wouldn't let him have it and so they were fighting about this and this is the kind of things you just get in just from living there sometimes and so I just uh, I went along with them and everything and they took me down to this village place somewhere and I just I don't know what he's going to do you know I think for sure, for sure I'm in big trouble 
And so it went down there, and it just went on and went on and went on, and they were fighting back and forth and fighting back and forth, you know, and then <laughs> I kind of broke it up a little bit, you know, and they said, well, what was you doing there at the border? I said, I thought it would be pretty cool to take a picture there at the Macedonian border, and I was going to send it to my mama, you know. <laughs> and that's what I said. And because uh, I knew they already had him disarmed, so you know he wasn't going to bother me no more. And so uh, you know they just started laughing and everything, you know, and looking at each other and laughing, kind of making fun at what I said. But that was exactly that's what I was doing. And they finally they they went on and on with it, and then they finally, as you can see, they let me go. And but I didn't know if they were going to follow. I didn't know what they was going on. You know, I did. It was it was a crazy wild time that you 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 get into. And so some of these things, you know, in the places you go, you need to know if you've heard God, you know. I really didn't, I, uh, when, when they had the gun right there in your face and that, you know, I thought if, he, if, if nothing else, he's going to pull the trigger by accident, you know, because he had his finger on it, the hammer was back, and he had it stuck within about two to three feet from my head. And so I, uh, as you can see, I made it. And, uh, but there have been some wild times there, you know. But I knew that I knew that I was in the right place. I knew that I was in the will of God. And as I tell people, the will of God is the safest place in the world. They asked me many times, Larry, ain't that kind of rough over there? I said, ain't no rougher than North Tulsa at night, you know. And I said, I'd rather be over there because that's the will of God than I would over here because the will of God, when you're in the will of God, you're in the safest place that you can be in. But I heard God. I heard God. And I heard his voice, you know, to go there and to move there and to live there. And to do, and that's and and the ministry from there was just kept growing. It kept growing. I wasn't trying to make it grow. I just went over there and you know and just preaching the word of God that I had in me from Bible school, and it just kept growing and growing. I say, God, help me not mess this up. Help me not mess this up, you know. But you know, I would have quit in the beginning if I hadn't heard His voice, you know. And all the things was going, there was some times, you know, that, and he spoke to me along the way. There's sometimes things were so rough that, you know, I, one time I, this situation I was in, it, it felt like something was crawling. It was back when I had hair, long hair, curly hair, no gray hair, and just hair, you know. As you can see, that's long, it's been a while. But it felt like something crawling. I reached up there and touched my head and brought my hand down, and there was blood all over my hand because the pressure and the opposition was so strong. And I just said, Lord, not in a way that I was questioning him or anything because I already knew that I was in the will of God. That wasn't God's will, amen, but I was in the will of God, and the opposition was trying to stop me. But I heard him. This is what I want you to get. I heard him. I knew that I heard him. I knew I was where I was supposed to be. I knew I was doing what I was supposed to be doing. You know, a lot of people think you're having opposition that is that you're in the wrong place. That's 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 ridiculous. That's ridiculous. Was Apostle Paul always in the wrong place? Come on, you know. Some of the greatest things I've seen is when, when the opposition was great because it was trying to stop it. You know, you can get you can get things that seem good. You can, you can get them coming against you to entice you to get out of the will of God. You know, there's a lot of things that look good, that look better than the will of God. Amen? I've seen, I've seen so, so many people go the other way because of money. You know? God's got to, God's got to be your source. I want to make my life count, don't you? I want to make my life count. The only thing that I regret in life that I didn't come to him in a younger age, but I never really heard the gospel. The first time I heard it at 29 years old, I received him. I received him. And he empowers you. He will empower you and strengthen you and lead you and guide you. He'll talk to you. He's a person. He's not some power, some force. He's a person. And he's got, he's got something, glory to God, for you to be involved in. So I would find out. I'd find out before I, I'd find out, you know, before I spent my time doing the wrong thing and trying to be the wrong thing or do the wrong thing, you know, that I can hear him, amen, and get on the right road. Amen. Is this helping anybody? 
you know. The, 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 the Holy Spirit said to me, you know, because I was questioning something one time, and he told me I was not his first choice. And he said, matter of fact, you weren't the second. He said, but they said no. He is not going to make you do anything. You got free will. He's not going to force you to do anything. He will gently speak to you where you will know if you spend time with him. You won't ever spend time with him. You may never know. And he'll always, and he'll always be in line with the word of God. But the things that we, you know, I looked out in a conference at one time, you know, and I was over there and I never would have dreamed that. And when I pulled my hand down that time, you know, that was on there, he just spoke down inside of me. And that's why I keep telling you about the Holy Spirit, because you're going to need him along the way, you know. And that's why he's here, to cause you to succeed to speak to you, to talk to you. He's a person. He can talk to you. You can sense him right now. You may say, I feel like peace. That's because he's a representation or representative of the Prince of Peace. Jesus don't have peace. He is peace. Come on. He don't have healing. Well, you might say he does, but he is your healing. He was the sacrifice. He is the provision. Come on. Amen. And so he whispers at this time when I pulled my hand down like that. I started to say something. And he said, Larry, it's okay. And he said it just like that. Larry, it's okay. I didn't have nothing with any of my senses that said it was okay. But I knew it was him. I knew it was him. You know, this, is, this has caused me to get up in the, in, in the first class in the airplane where I upgraded with Miles. And uh, and I was sitting up in first class, and there was a lady there that she had some kind of, make a long story short, she wasn't eating. I saw her eat a little piece of carrot after she served everybody. The plane was full, was run, was, was kicking about 600 miles an hour, about 36,000 feet. There's a little bit of turbulence, which I like a little bit. You know, sometimes it breaks up the stillness there. Sometimes, you know, I mean, some, you know, not when it goes way over, but anyway. Because it kind of leaves your breath over the other side. But anyway, uh, I asked her, you know, what was wrong with her. And she, she, she spoke to me and told me what was wrong. I'm telling you, the plane was full. All the way from first class back in, all the way to the back of the plane. God said, stand up and lay hands on her right now. And my thoughts, now this happens about a, I mean, just not even a full second. You have a conversation and not even a full second. Right here, right now, you know, the plane's full. I'm supposed to be sitting, you know. They, they, they'll think I'm crazy. But I know it's you. I know it's you. I stood up and I told the lady, I'm a follower of Christ. I told her about Isaiah 53. I have it strong in my heart. I didn't say God said. God did say. I just said I have it strong in my heart to pray for you. And how we do this to appropriate it, we just lay hands on people and we might just touch you here or take your hand. I explained to her when I said lay hands on them. And I said, may I pray for you? She said, sure. So I just stood up, you know. I could feel all the eyes on me, you know. I just stood up. I said, in the name of Jesus, my goodness, the power of God hit her, you know, and she just, you know, just she's going backwards like this, you know, and I was following her because I didn't want to break the connection, you know, but she was going toward the cockpit. I said, this ain't cool. <laughs> this is not cool. But I just went as far as I thought I could go, and I let go, and she goes, wow, I felt that. And I said, go back to the doctor, and here's my card. And after he tells you you're healed because Holy Spirit is performing Isaiah 53 in you where he took your infirmities and bore your sicknesses. Amen. And a couple of weeks later, I got, a, I got an email from her. I mean, that she had it, she had it doctored up, you know, exclamation marks everywhere. But 
but it boiled down to this. I went back to the doctor, and he says, I'm totally cured. Amen. Amen. So that's doing the same works of Jesus. That's hearing his voice, because if you go to do the same works of Jesus, and he says, you know, in the scripture, in John chapter 14, that uh, we'll do the same works that he done. And greater works. I don't believe it's greater in significance. It's greater in number. You know, because now that Holy Spirit has come, he can indwell people all over the planet and do the same works through you as that Jesus did when he walked on this planet. Amen? And he wants to do that through you. There's nothing special about me other than I learn his voice and I obey it. And if you'll do it, the same will happen for you. You got nothing to do with how you walk, how you talk, how you look, how tall you are, how short you are. It don't matter if you're 100 pounds or 200 pounds. It don't make no difference. If you will learn his voice and follow it, amen, you'll do the same works that Jesus in greater. While you're doing them in Gaiman, I'll be doing them in Tulsa. Come on, and in between. Matter of fact, I got to witness about eight people today in the hotel. Amen. I care. I care. I care. This 16-page thing in Spanish as well as English. Amen. And so I, I was mixing it up with the Spanish. You know, I said Jesus or Jesus. He's the same. <laughs> you know. And so, but anyway, the Holy Spirit. He He. Hallelujah. To do the same works of Jesus, you're going to have to hear His voice. Because this is where you'll operate in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. It's different. Now, you can open the Bible, and I can pray for you just to open the Scripture. You can wake me up at 2 o'clock in the morning, and I can lay hands on you in faith, and, and we can get results. But when he speaks to you, he's getting ready to demonstrate himself. It's the same way that, you know, basically I've literally raised the dead like this. Let me say it like this. They weren't totally done, but they were preparing for the funeral. And the, the young man, he was, uh, his mother was a nurse. She was there by his bedside. He was, in a, he was out. He was in a coma, and he was just about to quit breathing. And here I come walking in, talking to somebody else. She asked me if I'd pray for her son. And I said, sure. I'll just go walk over because I know the Scripture. But the Holy Spirit said, go over and rebuke the spirit of death on that child. Child was about 16, by the way. Go, go lay hands. The aunt was already preparing for the funeral. The doctor said, we can't do nothing. They just abandoned him, left him. There's nothing we can do. And the lady asked me if I'd pray for her. I said, sure. So I just go over and pray. And the Holy Spirit said, rebuke the spirit of death off this boy. You know, and I said, yes, Lord. So I went over there and laid my hands on him. You foul spirit of death. I never heard of spirit of death before at the time. I was about to question that in my head, but I knew enough in my heart to shut up. You know, I said, you foul spirit of death, I break your holes, I curse you, turn him loose in the name of Jesus. That's the most powerful name in the universe. That's the most powerful name that's in the universe that's ever been in the universe that ever will be in the universe. And he's given it to you. And the Holy Spirit is here to back it up. Amen. Amen. You don't have to be weak. We don't have to be afraid. We don't have to cower back. Amen. And you can learn. Now, there's a lot of times, you know, that I've heard him and I wasn't strong enough to obey. And that was usually on my part because I hadn't been praying like I should have been. But if you pray in the Holy Spirit, you'll recognize his voice. He's speaking. He's a person. He's speaking. He's indwelling you. Hallelujah. And you're going to have to learn to hear him and follow him. Because he wants to work through you. That's why he came. He's not here for the ride. He's not just come along for the ride. I said a lot of that to say that. I've heard some Pentecostals, they say a lot of times they got something somebody else don't have and you ain't, got no, you ain't operating no more power than anybody else is. Come on. But you've got to do something. You've got to respond. There's two beings here. The most powerful being in the universe living in you who knows everything. He knows more than you do. He knows, he knows what's out there. He knows what's back there. He knows what's right here. He knows what's over here. He knows what's over there. And he wants to lead you and guide you and direct you and empower you. We're supposed to know things that other people don't know. We're supposed to have answers. 
Come on, somebody, because the all-knowing one lives inside of us. And he'll guide you according to this all-knowing book here. Hallelujah. So that's how I succeeded, and that's how I've succeeded in the mission field. It sounds good. People say, Larry, you're brave. No, it wasn't. There's a lot of times I was hiding, you know, staying away from the window because the bullet's about to fly through the window, you know, where they're firing the machine guns. That wasn't, that wasn't brave. It was smart, you know. <laughs> and then all this time, I say, when I first stepped out in Albania, I said to myself, what in the Sam Hill am I doing here? You know, they was there with the machine guns and everything. It was a wild place in the beginning. It was a wild place. It's come a long way since then. Amen. But you know what God's done? You know, and, and he was, when I was asking him, you know, and talking to him, he said I wasn't even his second choice. He said because other people would not obey me. And I said, Lord, look no longer. And I'm not going to ask you about a third one. I'm, going to, I'm just going to stop it right here, right now. I'm your man. Amen. And I know I got to depend on you. And if I depend on you, you'll never let me down. You'll never leave me. You'll never forsake me. You'll always lead me. You'll always guide me. And you won't allow me to fail. Amen. Are you hearing me? Guys, young people, make your life count. Live for the right things. Live for the right things. Amen. Anybody can, anybody can just shuck it off. Oh, bless God, I'm going to have my way, my say. But there ain't nobody impressed with that, especially him. Come on. Only one's impressed with that is usually the one that's saying it. Come on. You know, the only thing I wish I could change back in my life is if I would met him 10 years before that and had another 10 years to follow him. He may, follow you. He may have you build a business. Come on. I'm not saying everybody has to go to the mission field. I'm saying you're already in the mission field. If you go to church here, you sow in that church, amen, you was with me. When I stand before him at the judgment seat of Christ, there, there, Pastor Margaret, there you, there are your people in this church, glory to God, there you're going to be standing with me. Every platform I stood on, every pulpit I was in, everything I've done, Glory to God, there you will stand with me when I stand at the judgment seat of Christ to give an answer for my stewardship on this planet. Come on, somebody. How can anybody go unless somebody sends them? This, hey, man, the reward is the same for the one that sends as the one that goes. What am I saying? Find your place. Amen. You know, I've got a lot of people I'm going to be standing with, though I went, that I've been helping go. Is that right? There you will see, glory to God, all, there you'll see all the people that I've led to the Lord there on your account. Come on. We're standing now. Uh, what we're doing, been doing, you know, as we, as we go, I told you, I don't pastor there no more. I put an Albanian in, they're pastoring. Glory to God forevermore. I don't teach in Bible schools. And the Albanians even doing the evangelistic campaigns. I don't even do those no more. They do them. Amen. Of course, I furnish all the, the literature outreach, you know, that I've got a good 16 piece that I've printed over 400,000 copies. Amen that we use there. Same one I printed in northern Iraq because I reached out there, you know, with another ministry and I printed 350,000 there. Because in, in these nations, literature is a powerful way to take the gospel. I tell people it's like this, you know, don't, don't be afraid, just turn it loose. Amen? The gospel is like a lion. A lion, you don't have to worry about him, you turn him loose. And he'll take care of himself. Well, you turn the gospel loose. Amen. And it'll take care of itself. It'll produce. Amen. It'll produce for you. Or produce for him. A powerful way. And we're still using it. I think we've touched about 10,000 families last year. With literature alone in Albania. I keep printing. And now, now I'm not even the one walking up giving it. Or walking up with it. The Albanians are doing it. And that's what I want to get. This went from nothing to now. We didn't do all of it by any means. But we've certainly done our part. 
Amen. The Albanians, amen, are pastoring and taking the gospel to their own people. And so we continue to help them financially and print the literature and make ourselves available to them, you know, to help establish the Albanian pastors. Right now, you've got all Albanians in Albania, all over Albania, working on your behalf that you'll stand with at the judgment seat of Christ because you supported this ministry that supports them. That's how it works. He calls people together in these things. You know, it takes a team to do that. It takes a team to, to pastor and run a church. Amen? They, it ain't a one-man show. It ain't a one-lady show. It ain't, come on, it ain't a one-couple show. It's many of us coming together. Hallelujah. And accomplishing the things that God wants us to accomplish. Well, it went from nothing, glory to God, but now there's churches and buildings being built. There's still about probably maybe 30 evangelical church facilities in the entire nation still of Albania. Amen. But we're, we're, we're doing it. we got one we're working on now, right now. Got the land. And uh, it's in an area. I'm watching the clock. I forgot to ask about time. Uh, it's in an area of over 200. Well, I, let, me get, let me get really, really conservative here. In this region, you know, for sure it's over 150,000 to 200,000 people. There's about three little churches there. The one that we're working now to build a building in this area called Fierre, it's a heavy activity of Islam in that area. But this guy, he's from there. Him and his family are there, wonderful people, and they're pastoring there. And we're going to be a little building right there in the main square, you know. They're the square of these cities. I mean, that's, that's the hub of the area, you know. And so we got the land, got it paid for, and right now we, we got the architect finished, and now we're waiting on the permit. And it's, uh, there we're going to be able to do this for maybe maybe $400,000 we, we do this. Well, we, we've, got, uh, we've got the land there. It's paid for. Got it for $75,000. That's 500 meters, if you know how much that is, because over there you don't go out like we do here so much as you go up. So you build three levels because you can't get the land. It just ain't available. And it's actually it's very expensive. And so we got the land, got it paid for, and we got another $140,000, amen, to go ahead and start the building and start it up. I want you to believe with me. Just believe God with me. I dare you to believe God with me. You know, we'll, the, the other come on in, and it will. It will. And, uh, and so we should be able to go ahead and break ground and build this. I mean, it's, it's historic. It's historic. God, what God has done in this nation, and he's used us, Pastor Mark, he's used us, amen, to reestablish the gospel in a nation that somewhere the ball got dropped in a nation that totally annihilated his voice. Amen. And it's them pastoring and evangelizing themselves now. That's what it's went to. God's speaking to me about some other things, and I don't know that it would be in Albania or, or where it will be, but I haven't totally turned loose or nothing like that, you know, but I'm going to continue to follow him because he's not done because I'm still breathing. Have I been perfect? How am I perfect? Only in him. Have I made mistakes? Many. Have I got in the flesh at times? Yes. Have you? Well, I'm glad you said yes. <laughs> I was going to get Pastor Eugene and Pastor Margaret to come lay hands on me. <laughs> and so, uh, praise God. This all comes from just following him and desiring to fulfill the call of God. I was successful in the world as a sinner. I was successful. I got out of the military at 20 years old. I'd already spent three years in the Army Infantry. I went in, and, uh, and, and then I got out and learned heavy equipment, raised on a ranch. Uh, and uh, I went out and started operating heavy equipment. I said, my goodness, if I can make a living from them doing this, because I was very, very good at it. And I'm just telling you the truth. I'm not bragging. I had an eye to see grade. Where I'd tell them when they'd put up the transit to shoot it, I'd tell them exactly where the grade would fall because I could see it. I probably couldn't do that now, but I could then. And then, uh, and then I just I'd meet people along the way that tell me about Jesus. Some say it's phony. 
Some said, Larry, it ain't phony. I've seen the miracles. I said, I want to know. So I went to a revival. You know, I didn't need no miracle. He read the scripture out to me in the book of Romans about, you know, believing on him and confessing him. And I knew that was right inside me. Now, I'm going to tell you this. Because some of you got some, you got some, you got, you'll get to be on the platform at the Judgment Seat of Christ for this, too. In India, we had in a remote area as many as close to 50,000 people in, in one meeting, in one night. And which is awesome. You can go there and you can get crowds, especially if, if the miracle's flowing, you know. And they are. God loves them people. He loves them. He loves them as much as he does you. Amen. And, uh, you know, the, but I saw every kind of miracle. I've seen the lame walk, the deaf hear, the dumb speak, demons possess people, real demons possess people set free. And when they see the miracles, because we tell them to go be the same, I said the Holy Spirit's going to do the same miracles. Jesus is going to do the same miracles the Holy Spirit tonight as he did when he walked on this planet. And if he don't, you don't have to believe us and we'll leave here. You count us as false. Now, that was pretty bold doing that, you know. And the guy I was with, you know, was the one saying that. I was thinking, brother, you're putting us all on the line here, you know, because they give you a rock concert. And we're not talking about Mick Jagger. Amen. We're talking about rock concert because if you go and you don't, and if it's not producing, they'll stone you in places. But anyway, it always did. But I've seen all those miracles I've seen this little four and five year old brother and sister, you know, at the end after we just prayed a short prayer because there's so many people can't lay hands on, just pray a short prayer and tell them God's going to confirm the, the, this gospel. There's one God, one way to him. It's Jesus, period. And so we just pray over there. Then they bring them up and give the testimony. Mother and father brought this four and five year old brother and sister up there, you know, that was both born totally blind. And a snap of the finger, he opened their eyes and they turned and saw each other for the first time. It's wonderful. They look up and see their parents for the first time. They knew them by their voice. And when one thing don't work, you're much sharper than the other things. You're hearing you and everything. And, and, but I didn't need none of that to believe. Because after I said yes to Jesus, I have the witness inside of me. And I've had miracles in my own life, but I don't need none of them to believe. Tonight, have I been perfect? No. Come on. And when you get more tired and wore down and you don't take care of yourself, you know, you're certainly not perfect. But I've always had that witness inside of me. I am born again. Amen. And nothing can take it away from me. Amen. I am going to heaven, and I'm going to stand at the judgment seat of Christ. Amen. And I'm going to give account for what I've done on this planet. And so are you going to give it as well. So we want to be doing the right thing. It's an honor to do. It was hard in Albania at times. Very hard. But I never quit. Because I knew inside what I was supposed to be doing what I was doing. That's why I say you need to hear him. And if you hadn't heard him yet, keep praying, amen, and do what you know to do to be a blessing wherever you are. Amen.